Boy, this is Jesus in gym shoes. Boy, this is Jesus in gym shoes. Welcome to another episode of Jesus in gym shoes, where we have unparalleled conversations about life skills in Jesus. I have a very special guest with me today, somebody who uh, is doing some really, really important work um, across multiple different communities and across multiple different sectors. Um, I got my man Josh here. Uh, Josh, introduce yourself, man. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. Now. I appreciate you, fam. Um, yeah, my name is Josh Odom. My pronouns are he, him, and his. I am a justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion specialist for B-Lab, and I'm also uh, the founder and curator of Healing While Black, LLC. Healing While Black is an online platform dedicated to the mental health and wellness of Black, queer, trans, and non-conforming people. I'm a trauma-informed life coach, and I'm also uh, one of the homies from Bearded Black Men Read. Bearded Black Men Read, if you haven't heard about it, go come check us out every Sunday on Clubhouse, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we serenade you to slumber with our calm and grounding tones. If you love reading, if you love beers, if you love beers on Black men who are reading, come check us out. So, yeah, it's a little, 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 something, little something going on there. Every, all, the, all little buckets. <laughs> <laughs> Every, all, all the buckets I'm doing. Yeah, you kind of like beat me to the punch. I was like, ah, I got that written down. Okay, <laughs> got that written down. Dang, got that written down. Um... So I made a terrible transition. We were talking, uh, me and my cousin were talking about Alzheimer's um, uh, for the episode I actually dropped uh, recently. And so I made a terrible transition. I was just like, oh, can you remember what's your favorite pair of gym shoes? Mind you, we were just talking about Alzheimer's. And I was just like, oh my God, this is a terrible transition. But I won't be that bad this time. I will ask you right up front. So what's, I asked this to everybody, what's your favorite pair of gym shoes? Favorite pair of gym shoes, um, they're actually some like, they're not vans, but they look like vans. Um, mm-hmm. I got them from the gap like two years ago. They're good, they're like my lifting shoes. Okay. Um, um I've worn those joints down to like the, nothing. the nothing. Like, you know what I'm <laughs> like, like, yeah, my trainer was like, Yeah, you're gonna have to get some new either gonna have to lift in your socks or you're gonna mm-hmm. have to get some new shoes because like you're gonna hurt yourself. And I'm like, all right, I'll find some other things. But yeah, those are my favorite pair of gym shoes right now. That's what's up. I'm glad you didn't say anything traditional because a lot of people have been like, I'm not really into sneakers. It's just like, you don't have to be in the sneakers. I don't think my favorite pair, like two of my favorite pair of gym shoes are, one is a pair of Jordans, yes, but the other mm-hmm. pair is like not on any sneaker, real sneaker head like uh, mm-hmm. journey. Um, like I love Deodoras. They always, oh my mm-hmm. God, I love Deodoras. Um, and I like the Grand Hill 96s. So like, yeah. or the, the Grand Hill Felines that came out in 96, rather. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, on, the, on that note then, like I would throw it at Space Jams and like, those are my favorites. Okay. Okay. Yep. The 11s. Okay. Yep. All right. 11s hurt my feet. Yeah, they, they, they kind of cut, they kind of cut narrow. Yeah. They do cut narrow. It's like that pinky narrow. toe. It's, that, it's, that, it's always the pinky toe, and it's, it's like, the pinky toe. And I had to, I had to rock them because I like I was working with my students, and they always clown me for my my for my for my shoe choice. I'll be wearing like you know, you know, duck shoes and you know, boat shoes and stuff like that. You one of those guys? Okay, I'm one of those guys. You know, I got to make sure. You know, when I was working in the school, I was one of those guys. So I came in. I was like, oh, I'm about to show these, like, yo, you know. And yeah. I, I took ten steps. I was like, oh, 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 yeah. Oh. That was second period. I was like, oh no. 
These ain't gonna last the whole These day. Gonna last the whole day. I sw- I swapped them out. I couldn't do it. Mm-mm. You you can't. You those are. You know how women wear heels, like, and they complain about the heels. Like Jordan Elevens are comparable to a pair of heels, and yep. I know that the women that listen to this are probably gonna be like, "What are you talking about?" But there is that how they pinky toe when it like slide forward in the heel. Mm-hmm. Yep. That Jordan Eleven with that patent leather. Yep. Oh my God! It is. Pain. It is pain. If like you got, you, if you got corn. If you got corns too. What? Oh, <laughs> what? I played football for a long time, bro. So I got. It's you know, just it, I, they get they. It's good when I've seen you know when I when I've had a fresh pedicure mm-hmm. and you know everything is good, but it, you know week two after the pedicure, nope. I can't put on a pair of Elevens. Yep. At all. Like they don't, they they aren't good walking shoes. They're like, They're I not. know this valet at the restaurant that, or the brunch place that I'm going to, or you know, I can park right in front of church and I, yep. you know, and I can come right out. They yep. not for walking long distances. I'm never gonna have a pair on all day. Absolutely, I at all. <laughs> Thank you for Shoot. understanding that. I so appreciate you. you. <laughs> so you do some really cool things, right? The one thing that you that you that that you've done that I really take um, th- that I saw that I thought was just special was coaching people through trauma. Hmm. Explain that. Yeah. Um, so I was well, actually, it was, it's really funny that you said this because I was just remarking that like, it's been about a year since my initial posting went out. Cause I actually, it actually went out on September 11th of 2020. Um, and it was in response to just the individual and collective trauma that we were experiencing and still are experiencing as a result of folks losing their jobs, as a result of the anti-Black violence, as a result of the pandemic. Um, and yeah, it was just uh, as a result of that, I was in school for social work. Um, my graduate school journey has been just just up and down, lefts and rights, twists and turns. Um, but I, I, I landed on social work in 2019 and going to school part-time, working a full-time job, it just became a lot. And when the pandemic set in, I was working, I was um, doing Healing While Black. I was asked, I was doing a lot of engagements and speaking and just doing mutual aid. And I was like, I, something has to give. So I withdrew from my program or I took a leave of absence and I was just trying to get back to that place. I was trying to get back to school so I can finish, so I can get licensed, so I can do the work that I wanted to do. And a lot of my friends are licensed clinical social workers, licensed counselors. And they were always asking me like, oh, Josh, like you finished yet? I got people I want to refer you to or I, I or refer to you or Josh, are you finished yet? Like, I want you to lead this group. It's like, nah, man, I'm not. I'm not even anywhere close to being done. I haven't even finished my practicum. So feeling very defeated in that aspect, but also my friends, um, Hakeem and uh, Rochelle and Ashley, shout out to Rooted and Albany, New York. Um, mm-hmm. They were the ones who sat me down and said, yeah, you know, you can do coaching, right? And I don't know how, I don't know how you feel about this, but like the, the term life coach always left a weird taste in my mouth. I mean, it's as sour as, you know, a green apple, bro. Right. Like, so, it's, you know, so it's like, I was like, uh, I don't know, like life coaches, like they're just kind of scammy. Like a, it's kind of scammy. Right. So it's like, yeah. I don't want to do that, man. Like, I feel like people 
like, you know, take advantage of people in vulnerable situations. And like, I don't want to contribute to that. And my people were telling me like, well, yes, like, there are a lot of people like that, but also because the field is unregulated, you can be as ethical or as unethical as you want to be. So you can follow guidelines that you want to hold yourself to a T. You can do the work to make sure that you're actually helping people or you could not. And I reached out to my friend, Hakeem. He shared with me all of his, he shared with me some of his, um, his, um, his documentation. I went to get my certification. I went to get, I was already trained in youth and adult mental health first aid. I wanted to do this, you know, I want to do this right, right? You, mm-hmm. I don't want to play therapist. I don't want to play coach, right? I want to be able to use my skill set and help somebody in need. And when I took my original consultations, you know, I was very adamant on saying that I am not a therapist. I'm not a licensed mental health professional. And they're like, no, I knew that. No, I, I know. I want to work with you, right? I was like, oh, wow. So that really um, was a good one-two punch against that imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I was able to refer people out if more uh, intensive care was needed. I was able to build a, a great relationship or a series of relationships with a lot of dope people who are licensed that can have my back in case my still set can't uh, serve this person. So it's been an amazing journey. It's been an amazing ride. But I'm really glad that um, they saw that in me so I can help people because the reviews that I had, you know, it really, it really it really affirmed that I'm, I'm meant to do this work. That's what's up. You mentioned something that I actually had a conversation recently and I'm all about life skills and people taking something from every conversation that they can um, yeah. apply to themselves. So um, even in my Christianity, it's applied theology all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And in everyday life, I want there to be application, easy application. And one of the things that you talked about was stepping back. Um, and stepping away, right? A lot of people have a hard time with saying, w- with making that decision and then also doing it. Like, what was that like for you to actually do it? It was it was difficult, right? Because um, it's funny that you asked this question because did, did you see the Emmys? Uh, yeah. Michaela Cole's speech? I didn't uh, see it, no. Yeah, so just to paraphrase, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a uh, crappy job of paraphrasing, but um, she mentioned that you know there's there's so much we put so, we put so much value in being seen and the work that you do being seen, and there's there's real there's real value in actually stepping back and really disappearing for a while and seeing what the silence will tell you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've always been a fan of, you know, just, you know, routine step backs, routine um, pauses, routine reflections, some of which require a bit of isolation, some of which require, you know, introspection and some of which require really leaning into community. But I've always been, um, I've always been a fan of every, every so often hitting the pause button and taking a moment, you know, with 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 care of course not just dropping people and dropping Mm -hmm. things you know making sure that you know clients are okay making sure everybody's tended to and then be like all right you know what everybody's okay here i'm going to take a moment collect myself figure out what worked what didn't and then i'm gonna come back stronger than ever. but it's it's difficult it's difficult when it is when you're you're expected to be front and center 
and people assign value to that because of it. Agreed. What about the people that kind of that struggle with wanting to be seen or wanting to be in the forefront? Like what's a, a practical piece of advice? Like say for instance, they're struggling with yeah. like the need, that need. Yeah. Um, I would, I would say um, what is, what is the intention for being out front, right? Because what is your, what is your intention? What is your desire to be out front? You know, is the desire to be seen? Because if it is, it's valid, right? But we got to name, like, what is, what is the rationale behind having people seeing what you're doing? Because, you know, that wasn't my intention per se. Um, not even per se, it wasn't my intention at all. You know, folks happen to, you know, gravitate toward what I was doing, but the goal wasn't to have, you know, X amount of followers. The goal was to speak, speak my truth and allow it to resonate and hopefully connect people. Um, but if folks struggling with that, I, I can, I can say for certain, um, the point that I saw my page growing, the point that I saw my reach expanding was when I really be, I really put out content that was authentic to who I was a black queer man who has struggled with mental health, who has struggled with suicidal ideations, who, you know, has bounced from graduate program to graduate program, like the mess of it all. When I began to really put out things that were, were indicative of that, that's when I began to see my stuff grow and my, I guess my, my, my audience and my platform began to rise. So, Mm -hmm. but the, the, the point was not to have all the followers. The point was to say things and share things that were meaningful to me. That makes sense. I think, and I think that I I see that all the time where people have these organic. So, you know, Mike from uh, the free roots. Yeah. 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 That's my dog. Um, and, you know, that's one of the things that he says he has a both of you guys have like an insane amount of like followers. So it's you guys putting things out that are that are indicative of what it is that you're going through. But um, but it, like you said, it resonates. I mean, it most definitely resonated with me because I just see it and it normalizes. I mean, I most definitely have a therapist that I've been seeing for forever at this point um and it just you normalize uh that people go through that people are not that every normal isn't the same you know um and so explain a little bit um about the coaching that you do yeah Um, so go ahead sorry about that no no no. just explain a little bit about the coaching that you do yeah so I, i i work in a cohort model so i last cohort i um, was working with nine people, um, most of whom were, were um, masculine identified um, or identified as cisgender men. Um, and I meet with them every week and I subscribe to what is called the CLEAR method, CLEAR being an acronym for contracting, listening, evaluation, action, and review. So I sign homework or actually let me, before I even go there, we have an initial consultation by which they will tell me, well, what are your goals for this, this um, cohort? Every, each cohort is, is 12 weeks. What are your goals for this cohort? What do you wish to work on? What, have you seen a coach before? Have you been to therapy before? 
you know, the difference between therapy and coaching? Has anyone in your family been to coaching? Like just trying to get a general understanding of what their needs are and if I'm the right person to work for or to work with them and, or do I need to refer some persons out? Um, And I, I have no problem referring people out because I'd rather, I'd rather spend the resources and the time connecting someone to who can really assist in what they're looking for than mm-hmm. waste time and potentially do more harm in the process. So that's my mantra. But after that, we will meet for 12 weeks every week, once a week for about 50 minutes. And then we're going through um, homework. We're going through uh, issues that came about since last session. We're going through um challenges themes that are arising maybe something difficult is coming up and that contracting period is which they're contracting me as the coach to evaluate what is happening and Mm -hmm. i'm listening to them and then evaluating what is going on so i'm hearing this theme arise i'm hearing this particular motif arise and creating an action plan for that for the next week you know what made like i i said one of my one of my clients their homework was to take themselves out on the, out on the date because <laughs> they put they're just they're they're so consumed with work they're not giving themselves the time to really celebrate themselves and love yeah. on themselves. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the homework assignments. Is that um, something that you do, like in your real life? Hell yeah! I yeah. man, I, I got myself, bro. I buy myself flowers. I take myself on a date, bro. I, I get. <laughs> I bought myself gym shoes and candles and, and ramen. Gym shoes, candles, and ramen are the weight of my heart, bro. For my damn self. You hear me? Listen, you better, <laughs> we got we to love on ourselves. Who I will you? sit there at a bar by myself and get me um, an old-fashioned and whatever it is that I at that restaurant that I like. Mm-hmm. You got to. Yeah. You have to. You have, I've, I've taken myself on so many dates this summer, and I've really, I took myself on some picnic dates. I went to the garden. I saw some flowers. I was like, go ahead, yeah. come on me. Yeah. Come on me. Yeah. Taking myself out, I, loving on myself. You hear me? I most definitely did a couple of beach dates by my damn self. Yeah, like you, you was out. Hey, I went walking, so I've been practicing mindfulness. And we'll we'll jump back into the L E A R for the clear yep. method. But like just practicing like a non-traditional way of mindfulness where just walking and I'll walk my dog and I'll walk my dog without my headphones and like my phone in my pocket. So that way I can remember what's going on and one of the ways that like I saw it working was me seeing my dog coming to himself like the first time he lifted his leg you know like on a tree you know or like on a fire hydrant and it was like oh if I had been in my headphones I probably wouldn't have paid any attention to this Mm -hmm. and now I know like the spots that he wants to go to because these are the spots that he's already already marked so yeah like yeah them dates be fire they do some days we fire. Mm-hmm. That is that is L. How do how do how do you go from the contracting to the to uh, what is the L again? The listening. So I, as the girl, listening. I'm, okay, I'm listening yeah. to them, listening to what they're sharing, and the evaluation is me evaluating what is being shared. Um, hopefully, finding some some themes that we can build upon that we can explore in in a future session or through homework, and then that moves into action. That that homework action piece is well, how can we set up a strategic, measurable, time-oriented plan to work on this? It's not going to be, it could be, sometimes it could be tackled this week. Sometimes it could be tackled by the end of the, by the end of the cohort. Some things they may need, they may need six months of time 
in order to be handled, but let's see what we can do while we're together. And then this review, we do that we review review session at the end of session. We do it at the beginning of the next session. And that's how um, the cohort model is phrased. That's how it's framed, I should say, for mm-hmm. those 12 weeks. We check in um, at the end of month one. We check in after six weeks. And then we check in um, two-thirds of the way, or we check in at the end, um, mm-hmm. just so we have time. Because I, I sometimes I need to adjust as well, right? Sometimes I need to adjust my models as well. And sometimes people just realize this isn't the right fit. You know, I've definitely had folks say that, you know, this is not the right fit for me. I don't wish to continue on and that's perfectly fine. Right. But, you know, I have to be malleable if I'm asking someone to be malleable as well. Absolutely. Um, And so that gets me to the next thing that I wanted to do. This kind of, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot really quickly. So you do this really cool thing. The, uh, the BBMR words, (laughs) right? So I'm about to rapid fire some of the words that you use that I find, I love words. Malleable is probably a word that we don't hear enough because some people, and so I have this tattoo uh, human mm. on me because of the fact that like my thoughts at one point about where I was supposed to be weren't malleable at all. Like I, I it was rigid. It was yeah. set in place. I had to be in this one spot. Um, I had to do this by this time. And my life just went, to, to shambles and one of the first things I learned when I started going to therapy was that you're going to make mistakes and it's okay to not beat yourself up when you make those mistakes yep. you're human and I had to that was the thing that I had to do that so the first word I'm going to give you is grace what is grace um, grace is and I remember this this is one of my favorite words that I did um, but grace is the <clears throat> excuse me it's that feeling of acceptance and love even when you've done nothing to quote-unquote earn it it's that feeling of I deserve forgiveness I deserve kindness I deserve goodwill even on the days in which I feel like I am a crappy person and I deserve nothing but scorn and admonishment those are the times in which you need to give yourself that grace um especially right now and I remember making that um I remember making that um that post and my, my homeboy reached out to me and said, yo, man, like, yo, I don't know what happened, but your voice is kind of deeper. You had a white shirt on. You look like Jesus. I was like, what? <laughs> like, yo, stop it. Um, but, you know, it was really, it was really Im- Im- impactful for him because that was the time in which, again, to your point about rigid, rigidity in your mm-hmm. ideas and your, your goals, he was feeling the pressures and he was feeling kind of the blowback of, those rigid goals not being met despite a pandemic, an ongoing pandemic, an economic crisis, a climate crisis, right? And trying to hold himself to these standards while we are in peril, like just let's be be straight up about it. And he needed to give himself grace. He really needed to give himself grace to know that I'm a human being. I'm doing the best I possibly can do. And it's not possible. None of us are doing okay right now. We're all doing as best we possibly can. And sometimes that's enough. And that's what grace is to me. Yeah, and and grace is one of those words that we, so clearly the name of my podcast is Jesus in Gym Shoes, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that even as Christians, we don't give ourselves, I think we judge other people because we don't give ourselves enough, enough grace. So like we project, a lot of Christians like project their own stuff 
onto other people, right? And so the next word is boondoggle. Hmm. Oh man, um, the boondoggle was it's um, a waste. It's, it's a waste. Um, it was, it's basically like, um, a waste of money for a personal, political, or corporate gain. And yeah. the example that I used was um, Jeff, Jeff Bezos', Bezos. space race. You know, I was like, all all the money that we're using, or he, excuse me, that we he's using. Because I wish I had it. I, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know how much debt I could clear up shoot, for people. I was, like, I was like, yo, you know how much you know how much we can do with half of that? I was like, damn, that is a like, half. Like, that's a lot of money that that. That's a lot has. of money. <laughs> like, that's a lot of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, damn, like. <laughs> It's it's absurd how much yeah. money he has. Like it's I absurd. Put, I put it. I'm trying to I'm trying to inject a little bit of anti capitalism into my kids, right? So, um, I was they were saying like, I want to be a billionaire. I want to be Jeff Bezos. Yada yada yada. Blah blah blah. And my mentor told me something that was helpful for them. And I said, Yo, bro, like if I had to tell you, you couldn't leave your crib for a million seconds. Would you would you sign up for that? He's like, yeah, I can do that. He's like, all right, cool. That's about 12 and a half days. You couldn't leave your crib. What if I told you you couldn't leave your room for a billion seconds? Could you do that? He's like, yeah, I could. Oh, right, well, you can't leave your room for 32 years. That's the discrepancy of money between a, a million and a billion. And Jeff Bezos has like 180 billion. Yeah. I was trying to I was trying to let them know, like, dog, you don't want a billion dollars. The, there's no ethical way to amass a billion dollars like no ethical way some people have to die my big brother die. my big brother always said he was like when people get that much money somebody died like Truly. somebody died like there's somebody that that went on to be with the lord yep. <laughs> at that point and, like, there's, and there's so many and there's so many documented cases of like amazon workers literally dying on the floor and nobody even bothering to stop the ship to, to help them or move the body yeah, it's just like the, the work goes on. The work goes um, on. <laughs> I am most definitely... So, I mean, I most definitely can fit into that capitalist structure. Uh, sometimes I do own a property and am a landlord and all of that stuff. Uh, however, I also have... I, I'm also like riddled with like student loan debt. But I also made sure that in my fight, or not in my fight, but in my like building, owning, I'm not going to exceed more than like what i have to pay monthly so whatever my whatever my mine is like i don't have to raise the rent because the rents like justify like my mortgage for the building right so i don't have to you know be absurd with that um with like having a having a building in the hood and you know just going all out right that's the thing that i that i have in my mind I would love to have a million dollars. I think that like I would want to have enough money for me to be able to go on vacation as many times a year as I want to, right? And I want to be, I've always want to help people. I really want to be in a situation where I could like randomly pay some kids tuition, like for a year of school. Yeah. Like I, you know, 40, 50,000. I hear this is what you need for school, for your school year. I got you, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like I want to be in positions like that. So whatever that amount of money is for me to be able to be like that, like I think that's the amount of money that you can get to before somebody got to die. Yeah, you know, before you kill somebody, I should say. 
and that's and that's my thing, right? Like I I look at myself as someone who who did have landlord aspirations, um, still wrestling with like the ethical implications of that of like, you know, owning property, you know, and like this is not to indict you by any means. I, 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 I don't care. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not that sensitive. No. I get it. Like everybody, we we ain't always gotta agree. I'm gonna yeah. own some property, like. That's, and that's really I got a hundred. I got a hundred and ten thousand dollars in student loans. I got to figure out a way to pay this, bro. Right. Like so, and my, yeah. And my and my joint is like, look, you know, there is no ethical consumption, right? Under capitalism, we all, you know, we talking over the phone, so like we talking over this computer. We have iPhones, like like just us immersed right now. Like ain't none of us getting away scot free, right? You know, at some point in time, like, yo, what what is my what is my path? And like, do I believe capitalism is going to save me? Absolutely not. Do I have to participate in it? Unfortunately, Absolutely. I do right yeah. now. And really just committing myself to thinking about what are my ethical implications of this? What am I trying to do? Am I trying to like, at least help the folks that I can within my particular sphere of influence? And how am I continuously like pushing folks to think about a world, you know, Again, now, am I the most fervent anti-capitalist? No. You know what I'm saying? I know that for a fact. I know people who are very much so committed to this as not only a theoretical framework, but like a way of life. And I know where I want to grow and I know where I want to move. And I know that, yeah, Black people, if Black capitalism could have saved us, it would have by now. Yeah. Right? So just trying to sit in that 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 murky place and do the best that I can do with what I have at my disposal. Nuisance. Yep. Uh, what was that? Oh, ignorant. Did the baby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because most capital, most black capitalists are most definitely nuisance. Yeah, that's also true. They are nuisance. Oh my god. I was talking to my man yesterday. No, it was today, right before we started getting on. We were talking about this. Um, the myth of black buying power and like oh, how yeah. you know what I'm saying so it's like yeah that's not that's not an index of wealth and more like you know we, he and I were just talking about how what like what kind of like sleight of hand had to happen for like us to like believe in this mm-hmm. as like a signifier of like black wealth and it's like no you're not talking about what you think you're talking about bro like you know what you just not right it might sound good, but it it, it ain't. It ain't. <laughs> it ain't good at all. So so Nisans. Just a lack of understanding and ignorance. And that was oh yeah, that 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 was that was that was interesting to do, um, not only for baby, but also just hearing how many people have just a real misunderstanding about how about sexual health about mm-hmm. STI and HIV prevention and transmission it's like dog this don't work like this you know like it don't work like this at all and you know we don't have uh, you know um cuz before i moved here i was working as um a program coordinator for in our own voices it's a it's a, a lgbt poc uh, advocacy organization in Albany and you know 
I learned so much there about uh, phlebotomy and linkages to, to PrEP, you know, for folks who don't know about PrEP, it's uh, mm-hmm. pre-exposure prophylaxis and PEP is post-exposure prophylaxis. So if you are exposed to HIV, there are ways in which you can protect yourself uh, or you, if, if you are engaging in sexual activity, you can protect yourself even more. And there's just, there's so many things that can, that I learned that I didn't know. And one of the things I went to a training and someone from the Department of Health was talking about like, if we can get people who are HIV positive linked to care, we can bring their viral load down to an undetectable level. And folks who don't know, if your viral load is undetectable, you cannot transmit it. Yep. So mm-hmm. again, like folks don't know that because we don't have the information. And you know, the baby's uh, commentary did not help us in that in that <laughs> in that call. As a uh, quote-unquote Christian um, or a follower of Jesus, there are other people who are like anti-knowing about the, they're just anti this information, right? So they are scared a lot of times to even talk about it because they're just like, you know, what's out of sight is out of mind. It's a lot of Black folks that, you know, still um, that I know that may not necessarily identify as Christian, but they, you know, but there are some that, that do, you know, they don't want, they think that talking about sex will lead people to have sex or lead kids to have sex. And it's just like, no, like these kids should be aware that, Hey, there are these things that are going on um, that can happen to, there are these things going on in the world um, that can affect you later on by you making poor decisions. Um, you have to just like um, when they used to send them kid them them girls down to Mississippi, and he, and they used to come back with a little brother. Mm. Uh, they weren't explaining to them like, hey, you know, if you have sex, you can get pregnant. Like that's how your that's how you got here. Mm-hmm. But they all but now you know it's more than just pregnancy that you know folks got to worry about. Like you said, the STIs, the STDs, all that stuff. And it's like and it's just like why aren't you guys willing to have these conversations like you can't just depend on this mystical jesus to like do something like you you know the bible says faith without works is dead right and sometimes the the work is having tough conversations and um uh the bible also says uh uh study to show thyself approved the work and then you not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth and if the word of truth is um, this is not just in the Bible, but it's actually doing research to show, hey, these things are disproportionately affecting Black people. Like, these diseases are disproportionately affecting Black people. There are queer uh, Black people that are in these spaces with us. We need to make sure that um, Johnny, Susie, Jimbo, Butch, and Butch could be, you know, non-binary, born male or female, uh, we need to teach them about what's going on. We don't need to like castigate them to the side right. for them to, you know, learn out on the streets. We need to like um, love them enough to say, Hey, we want you around like your right. personhood. We want your person around long enough. So we need to teach you about this. We need to like say, Hey, um, this is something that can happen to you. And so one of the things that I like most about what you do is um, you care for people and it doesn't like everybody doesn't look the same. 
that you care for. Um, so it could be someone that's trans and you're just like, yo, um, this person needs some help. Can y'all like flood their GoFundMe or they cash app? Or it could be like the couple that you just put up. It's like, yo, can you, you know, flood their GoFundMe for me? Like all of these people, you you care for the entire black experience. Uh, how has, what has your journey been with caring for yourself that you want to then care for other people? Mm, great question. Uh, first of all, thank you. Um, and second of all, um, the journey has been uh, lots of ups and downs, mm-hmm. lots of of lots of twists and turns, um, and learning that yes, like I, I, as you said, like we we exist not in a monolith, we exist in an entire community. And if we're going to talk about all Black Lives Matter, and let's talk about all Black Lives Matter. Um, especially for me, you know, that, 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 that dance of trying to like reconcile a queer, a queer identity and a Black identity um, when growing up, you know, I was, I always, I was always taught that, no, like that's not, an us thing that's a white thing and that's mm-hmm. not what we do and a lot of shame attached to that and a lot of unlearning painful really painful unlearning that had to happen in order for me to get to a point where I can I know that my blackness informs my queerness and my queerness informs my blackness and all of these things come together to create this experience which is me um, some people would say that that was separate though and what that's, you say to those people well but that's the point, right? You know, mm-hmm. I, w- I would say that, yes, like I'm not conflate, we can't conflate race and sexual orientation, right? Mm-hmm. And then my question is, well, what is, what are you, what are your identities that you hold that are closely aligned with systems of power by which you are telling somebody to choose, right? You know what I mean? So if you're telling somebody to choose, like, you know, which one's more important or which one comes first, then we need to have a larger conversation about social location, right? Mm-hmm. In certain spaces, my blackness is felt heavier than my queerness, vice versa. Sometimes my maleness is felt heavier than my, both my blackness and my queerness. It really depends on what environment we're in. So to suggest that they are, yes, they are, they're distinct things, but you cannot then divorce that from an entire person's lived experience. Mm-hmm. So how does that then equate to you caring for others well it 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 depends it 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 translates to me caring for others because i know the the hardships that i went through trying to find worthiness in being like a black queer kid who was being called a faggot and you know being in quote-unquote safe lgbtq spaces and being called a nigger right? Knowing how painful and traumatizing that can be and having the literal and figurative scars to prove it, not wanting someone who is coming up after me to have that experience or at least having a place where where they can have some kind of respite or shelter. That's why I'm so grateful that places like In Our Own Voices exist, like the Free Roots, like a Jesus and Jim Shoes, like a Spiritual Homegirl. I'm grateful for all these places that exist because from what I see, from that's why I gravitate y'all toward y'all. It's really, it's literally um, not to not to paraphrase, but a come as you are yeah. mentality. Like yo, like you good here, right? As long as we're understanding of our humanities 
And as long as we can engage in conversation and still root it in humanity and fight for everybody that ain't in the room, you cool here, right? Yeah, it reminds me of like the lunchroom. Um, So when I was in high school, um, I always wanted to be friends with, I never really fit in. I was a jock that sang in a choir, right? And I was like the actors. I with you. I with you. <laughs> like, I with you. So, like, even when I was in college, like, I sang in the gospel choir, and I like I would go from football practice to, to to choir rehearsal. So, and it was one of my uh, on my first episode, or well, one of the first episodes I dropped. Uh, my homeboy Richard, we were talking about mental health and all that stuff, and he mentioned, and I was just like, "Dang, he gonna drop it. He gonna say it." He's like, yeah, DJ was in the choir. That's another. That's another way we, you know, when we was in college, another way, you know, we connected. I was like, damn, like he just had to say that because I, you know, I don't really talk about it. You know, I just like being big DJ. You know, uh, <laughs> well, I have to, well, I have to do it. But, right. I, but even, but the lunchroom, like, I wanted to. I'm, I was always around everybody, right? And I, no matter what somebody's what they presented like I was right there I most definitely had times where I had to get over the different quirks that people had um because I didn't always understand mm-hmm. but uh but yeah I just now I'm in a place where I just want to I want to care for everybody's humanity right and I want to and I see you as human so we're seeing you as human like it's not up to me like being the the Jesus that I serve like doesn't it's not, he's like the end all be all. Like, it's not on me to like put you anywhere. Uh Right. So if it's not on, if I believe that like, there's a sovereign power who like died for my sins, like why wouldn't he like die for your quote unquote sins or like, or not, or like, and then rolls. And now you don't have to like worry about that anymore. Like, why is it okay for me? But like, not okay for you. You get what I'm saying? Um, it's kind of, you know, so at the lunchroom table, you can have all of these different people that come together to make a bomb, like, time of laughter at the lunch table. And so that's, like, literally how I approach it, because if you look at it, if you go to any school, like, you have you have that table where it's just, like, the cool kids, essentially. And it's just, like, none of these kids look alike, but these kids all come from different walks of life and they kind of like make it up where they're able to like enjoy themselves. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm most definitely appreciative of like of people that want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's real. And to, yeah. just to, to, to build on that point, right. You know, just being able to be seen, right. And being able to be seen as human being, also, you know, I, I appreciate the folks that I just named, including yourself, is because, yo, y'all see that, yes, I'm a human being. Yes, that is, that is well, at least in this space, that is accepted, right? But you see me as a Black queer man, right? See me, or not me, per se, you see folk as they are, as Black femmes, as Black queer folk, as Black non-binary folk, right? Ain't no shame in saying that, you know, you can see me as such, and that does not... De- that does not detract from you being able to see me as a human being, right? In fact, it adds to your ability to see me for my full humanity. So, you know, I, 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 I heard, you know, some folks who are still moving 
with, you know, um, uh, a religious grounding saying, well, you know, I see everybody as human. I'm like, all right, cool. Awesome. Now what? <laughs> you know what I mean, dog? <laughs> Where do we go from here? <laughs> like, okay, cool. All right. <laughs> uh, what else? What else, dog? What else you see? <laughs> it's like, I don't see color. Uh, no, see my color, nigga. Like, see my color. Like, see, see all of this brown, like, black, like, see all of this. I need you to, like, identify what color I am. Like this accent, this South Side of Chicago accent that like teeters on Baltimore or teeters on Mississippi or teeters on New Orleans or teeters on all these places that I love to visit or uh, 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 throw DC in there too. Um, like see all of that, bro. Like see see this see this nigga like nigga like this one mm. like this brown man that's like larger than everybody else, and then you can like. Say you see, say you see that. Don't just say you see me as human. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I, oh, oh, that, that, that grinds my gears more than anything. I, I want people to, uh, I, I want people to be seen. Yes. More than anything. Um, and so I want, um, you, you, you put up a post. And you were just like describing yourself as a trauma informed coach, um, a mental health advocate and facilitator. But this thing really struck out a, pro- a proponent of radical softness. Yeah. That shit was fire. <laughs> I don't know what it means to you, but I just saw it. It was like, that's a juxtaposition. Like, what, what's that about? <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I came, I first came across radical softness. Um, it was 20, 2018, um, read a quote um, piece from Laura Mathis um, that spoke about radical softness. And in it, um, they're asked to define, I'm not sure what Laura Mathis' pronouns are, but they're asked to define what radical softness is. And um, I'm just going to pull up the definition so I don't mess it up for a quick second. Excuse me for a quick second. Yeah, I'm trying to Google her right now as we speak. Or oh, not her, but, you know. Because I yeah. don't know who it is. Yeah, uh, radical softness. Um, yeah, so they define it as uh, radical softness is the idea that sharing your emotions is a political move and a tactic against a society which prioritizes a lack of emotions. So um, further within the article, the writer asked them, um, but what is what does radical softness look like for for other people? And they were very much so um, uh, upfront as like, I don't, I can't answer that, right? I can't answer that. I'm a, I'm a white um, white person uh, with white privilege, I believe. Um, there were another a, a bunch of other identities that they named, uh, which prohibited them from saying what this may look like for, say, a black man, right? But I was like, all right, that's an interesting project to see what that looks like. Um, it's been a challenge, right? Trying to, 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 to prioritize emotion and to prioritize feeling in a society that, you know, stigmatizes and, and makes it dangerous for folk like us to do that. But I thought it was a worthy endeavor to try to see what's going on. Um, it's been, um, it's been really challenging to try to lean into radical softness when people are not soft with you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I and I thought about it in regards to like, you know, softness, you know, in regards to black men. That's you know, when I was growing up, that was a curse word. Like you can't you can't yeah. say I'm soft, right? That's like there that's that's dangerous to say to be a soft black man. Like there's you can get stole on, you know? So yeah. easily. Easily. And there are material consequences for being soft. Um and thankfully, I, I didn't grow up in, in a neighborhood where, like, that was, like, my lived reality every day. But there was definitely moments where, like, folks going to try you. Um, and, I, and I'm realizing it's, like, the softness is more so rooted in example like this. Say you move it, right? We've all, well, a lot of us have moved. And mm-hmm. you have a pet, right? Um, whatever pet, whatever pet um, you have, you, you treat that animal as you would want to be cared for yourself right if you have a puppy and you move in the puppy's not going in the u-haul truck right the nope. puppy is going Carl in the car no he not right the puppy is going in the car with you the puppy's going to be tended to and cared for even as you're in the midst of this really uh hectic um strenuous activity and thinking about it in like regards to like you no know, treating people like you would treat this person this this thing this this entity that you don't want any harm to come to yeah yeah that makes sense yeah my dog harlem yeah harlem maxwell is not going in anybody's u-haul right under any circumstances yeah under any circumstances right yeah and we would expect and we would expect that right like Mm -hmm. if if you told me you put the dog in the u-haul truck i'm looking at you sideways i'm like wait now you put the dog in the truck like you know what I mean? But like when we're talking to us, you know, we 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 allow such rough we we allow we allow we allow this conversation, these conversations to happen as if we do not have the capacity to be harmed. If we were also just in a U-Haul truck bouncing around with objects that were heavy, that were moving around that could harm us. So trying to extend this that same level of care to ourselves as we would extend toward a small child or a, a small animal. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. The last thing I want to ask you is why is it important for us to identify people the way that they want to be identified? It's literally life-saving. Um, I, I'll, I have to find the article, but um, it was, it was during um, um, Mental Health Awareness Month. And uh, the American, I think it was the American Psychological Association um, was talking about the impact of, of misgendering uh, trans and non-binary children and the correlation between suicide attempts, right? And if, if these children, these teenagers had at least one person that referred to them by their pronouns and 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 fully identified and accepted their identity that reduced their chances of either self-harm self-harm and or suicide by a significant amount so it's life-saving to refer to someone by their correct pronouns it's not first of all it's not an option first and foremost second of and it's all it's not hard it is not yeah. hard it's really not hard mm-hmm. my, my my joint is like if we look we we have all accepted puffy Sean Combs, P. Diddy, and Diddy. With Love, 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 love Combs. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, yeah, number you know two. What I'm saying? It's I like, get you. Yeah, I get it. You know what I'm saying? So like, Wayne, 
Lil right. Wayne, Toon Chi. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, we've accepted these things with no problem for 20 some odd years. And you're telling me that someone wants to go by they, them, and all of a sudden it's a, it's a, it's a existential crisis you're having. Man. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like rocket scientists. But your second point. Um, yeah, it's, it's life-saving and it's, it's mandatory, right? You know, it's, it's, not, it's not an option. Well, three things. It's not an option. Yep. Yep. Well, how can people find you, man? Yeah, uh, I am on Instagram uh, at Healing While Black. I'm on Twitter at Healing While Black, but the black is spelled B-L-K. Uh, I am on Clubhouse at Josh Odom. I am, you can email me, um, Josh at HealingWhileBlack.me. Uh, if you want to reach me, um, I'm on, uh, you can look at my website, uh, www.healingwhileblack.me, like me, myself, and I. And yes, I, 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 I'm committing myself to responding to emails in a more uh, prompt manner. Uh, I, will get, I will get back to you. I promise you I will get back to you. Um, but yes, I, please charge to my head and not to my heart. It's nothing personal. <laughs> The old church saying, "Yeah, child, knowing that you forgot, like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, I, I, I didn't want to respond. To you, you know, you know, baby, try to show my head, not my heart. Like, you know, damn well, when I see you, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and also, uh, black bearded men reading. Yeah, bearded black men read. Yep, yep. Yeah, bearded black men reading. Uh, yep. Make sure y'all you look at that. Also, that's also on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, it's him and a couple more people. I got to get some of the other guys on here too, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, I want to get the spiritual home girl. I'm gonna reach out to her. I'm Maria, to yeah, her. oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'm most definitely gonna do that. Um, yeah. Uh, but this has been another episode of Jesus and Gym Shoes, where we have unparalleled conversations about life skills and Jesus. I pray that uh, this has been a good episode for you. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Tell somebody about it. Um, And I love you. Peace.